Garden Basics with Farmer Fred is brought to you by Smart Pots, the original lightweight, long-lasting fabric plant container. It's made in the USA. Visit smartpots.com slash Fred for more information and a special discount. That's smartpots.com slash Fred. Welcome to the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast. If you're just a beginning gardener or you want good gardening information, well, you've come to the right spot. A seed packet, it just might say plant in spring. But if you live in a mild climate, sow in fall. Well, wait a minute. What is a mild climate? Do you live in a mild climate? You might think so, but the folks at that seed company just might disagree. On this episode of Garden Basics, our favorite college horticulture professor, retired Debbie Flower, tackles that and what can be other confusing terms on a seed packet. Things like days to harvest, bolting, scarify, stratify, and a lot more, including tips on how to store those seeds. It's all on episode 46 of Garden Basics with Farmer Fred, Understanding Seed Packets, Part 1. And we'll do it all in under 30 minutes. Let's go. So recently I bought a packet of seeds. It was a packet of nasturtium seeds. It's a flower. It tends to bloom here in the cool season, and it's a great way to attract pollinators and beneficials. Beautiful little ground cover with big flowers. And on the instructions on the back of the packet for sowing the seeds, it says recommended one to two weeks after your average last frost date, which around here, that would probably be in March or thereabouts. But it says for mild climates, sow in fall for winter bloom. Well, we're in a mild climate and it always blooms in the cool season here. So I guess we must be in a mild climate. But then I went on the uh, website for this particular seed manufacturer, Botanical Interests, and it had a very different definition for mild climate than what I thought. Their definition for a mild climate says it's those without freezing temperatures, generally USDA zones 10 and warmer. Here in the Sacramento Valley, we are USDA zone 9. And I always thought we were kind of mild, but I, I guess we're not mild. I guess only the southern tip of Florida and Southern California are considered mild climates. But this is news to me because I've never had a problem growing this during uh, the cool season. And that raises up a whole fleet of questions about what do all these terms on the back of a seed packet really mean? For that, we bring in our official translator, retired college horticulture professor, Debbie Flower. And Debbie, if you look at seed packets, they're full of uh, all sorts of terms that a lot of new gardeners may be totally unfamiliar with. Yeah, there are certainly lots of words. It depends on what company you get the seed from. Some say almost nothing on the packet, and others have practically a novel. Um, I like the novel ones. Yes. So, yes, there's lots of information, lots of words, lots of terminology. Horticulture, like any science or group of sciences, which horticulture really is, uh, has its own language and definitions. So it's good to know what those words mean. And what adds to the confusion, especially for new gardeners, I mean, local nurseries can help you out a lot when it comes to buying plants because your local independent nursery usually only carries outdoor plants 
for the season when they are meant to be planted in terms of uh, flowers and vegetables. So if it is a quality uh, nursery, if it is a nursery that is uh, tailored to the location, which independent nurseries certainly are, big box stores are not always. Correct. And that uh, brings up uh, one uh, anomaly to that, though, and that is the seed rack at the independent nursery. They may have seeds for any old time of the year in that rack. Yeah, they're they're stocked by the seed companies or, you know, there's a, obviously a relationship between the nursery and the seed companies. Um, but and they will turn their seeds over uh, when the seasons change. But it doesn't always mean that what's on that rack will grow at that moment. Exactly. I mean, they're usually just going through the rack to take out the expired seed and put in fresh seed. But the varieties that they may be putting in uh, may have very specific time frames for planting. Right. And of course, there are gardeners who like to push the envelope and grow things in their yard that aren't necessarily uh, known to survive in that environment. So they want to cater to those people as well. So there can be some different stuff in the seed rack. Exactly. Well, we're going to try to make this as easy as possible. We are going to go through a glossary of common terms that you might see on a seed packet or in a plant description and give them definitions you can understand. And you could uh, refer back to this uh, episode whenever you have a question, because I think we're going to cover uh, most of the uh, uh, terms that you might see on a seed packet or on a plant. Now, let's start with the letter A. Let's start with annuals. Okay. Maybe we should include all the variances of that. So that would be annuals, biennials, and perennials. Okay. Be my guest. Annual refers to one year. If you have your annual checkup at the dentist, you go once a year. So annual is a plant that completes its life in one year. But you have to understand what completing its life means. That means it grows from a seed into a plant, it flowers, it has fruit, and produces seed and dies. It's important. The dying part is important for an annual Many plants we have in the yard uh, can produce flower and fruit and seed, but they don't die. Those would be perennials. Perennials live more than two years, and they grow from seed. They typically have a juvenile period, just like humans have a juvenile period, meaning they're unable to make offspring for several years. Fruit trees are notorious for that. You won't get fruit on a fruit tree for five years or more in some cases. So that's uh, that's something breeders work on. They try to shorten that amount of time. But a, a brand new fruit plant out of the seed will not have fruits on it. Even your tomatoes will not flower and fruit the first day they come out of the seed. They have to go through their juvenile period and become an adult. Once they're an adult, they can flower and fruit. And uh, in the case of a perennial, something that was more than two years before it dies, they can produce flower and fruit for many years before that death process occurs. And yes, plants do have a lifespan. They have a a time in which they will die eventually. Often environmental things get in the way and kill them before that lifespan is up. But many plants, I'm thinking again of fruit trees, something like 30 years is a a lifespan for a, a producing fruit tree. And that's not unusual. Then there are others like the um, plants in the Rockies, the trees in the Rockies that live for thousands of years. 
So perennials live two or more years, and they can produce fruit and seed and flowers many years in a row. Then there's the biennial. Bi means two in Greek, and annual refers to the annual part, the year. So a biennial can completes its life in two years. The first year grows from seed, and it tends to have only leaves, only green parts, leaves and stems, doesn't flower, doesn't fruit. Then the second year, they sort of seem to leap out of the ground. They're much bigger usually than the first year, and they do produce their flower and fruit and seed, and then they die from that. So annuals, one year, biennials, two years, perennials, more than two years. One of my favorite biennials, and that's a, a rather unusual category of plants, and, and one of my favorite biennials is the Tower of Jewels, the Ichium, oh, yeah. Ichium wild pretty eye, I think, is the species on that. Yes. And it it, yes. it, it truly is. It's just this green little blob that looks like Cousin It from the Adams Family. And then in its second year, it produces uh, literally a tower of jewel-like flowers, That and this tower is like four or five feet tall. It is a really spectacular plant. It is so much fun to grow. I've had people stop at the end of my driveway and point <laughs> at my my tower of jewels in the yard. And the hummingbirds love it. Yes, they do. On a related note, also on a seed packet, you will see, especially on vegetables, days to harvest. Mm-hmm. And that's usually right next to days to emerge. And emerge yes. refers to how long it takes for that seed to come out of the ground. Days to harvest. Or the plant from the seed. There's a plant inside every seed, a baby plant. And so it's the plant that's coming out of the ground. As opposed to a tomato worm. As opposed to a seed. (laughs) All right. Days to harvest, I always find it amazing that they can actually pinpoint that it will take that tomato 60 days from the time you plant it to the time it'll produce fruit. I I find that hard to believe. Have you ever checked them on that? No, I never have. (laughs) That that would be a good experiment. I always find that term days to harvest uh, rather vague. Because the definition uh, that I've read says the number of days uh, from sowing, meaning planting in the ground, or transplanting until you can harvest fruit from that plant. And so sowing is when the seed goes in the ground. Transplanting is when you take a baby plant, let's say you bought it at the nursery in a little six-pack or a four-inch, and you plant that in the ground. There's time between the days you the seed is planted and the days that plant has taken to grow into a plant that you buy at the nursery but they seem not to take those days into consideration so i i i I have also have not tested them on days to harvest if they're accurate on the seed packet Uh, i look at it as a relative term Uh, if it if this tomato is going to produce in 60 days and this tomato is going to produce in 90 i can expect fruit off of one before the other but i don't know that they truly can pinpoint it to the day it would have to be planted at exactly the right time of the year too in order to agree with their parameters yes and weather would have to be perfect (laughs) yes it's a and it's interesting in this one definition on botanical interests uh, webpage about days to harvest. They say it's number of days from sowing or transplant to harvest, 
Well, which is right. it? You're selling right. these seeds. Wouldn't it be sowing? Right, exactly. But if you sow it indoors, let's say, as many people do, or if you happen to have a greenhouse in your greenhouse, and then transplant it into the garden, there will be some setback, what we commonly refer to as transplant shock. There will be some setback um, in the growth of that plant when you put it from the container into the ground. But I... I really don't think it's as many days as, as it takes for that plant to grow from a seed into the plant we're putting in the ground. So I agree. It's a very vague uh, definition and a vague term. Right. It'll just give you a ballpark idea of how long it's going to take. Yes. I mean, we can tell you that cherry tomatoes are going to ripen before a full-sized heirloom tomato. Correct. That's all we can tell you, though. We're glad to have SmartPots on board supporting the Garden Basics podcast. SmartPots are the original award-winning fabric planter. They're sold worldwide. SmartPots are proudly made 100% in the USA. I'm pretty picky about who I allow to advertise on this program. My criteria, though, is, is pretty simple. It has to be a product I like, a product I use, a product I would buy again. And SmartPots clicks all those boxes. They're durable. They're reusable. SmartPots are available at independent garden centers and select Ace and True Value stores nationwide. To find a store near you, visit SmartPots.com Fred. It's SmartPots, the original award-winning fabric planter. Go to SmartPots.com Fred for more info and that special Farmer Fred discount on your next SmartPot purchase. Go to smartpots.com slash Fred. Now, another term you may come across, especially when planting vegetables, you might see the term bolting on it. Mm -hmm. And in reference to a, a stage that the plant is going to go through, what is bolting? Bolting is when an um, edible crop uh, produces flowers and and. They refer to the edible crops like the greens, lettuce, spinach, chard, kale, things where we eat the leaves. Uh, it could also refer to uh, root crops, beets, radishes, carrots. And bolting is when they they say on the definition premature. I don't think it's premature. It's, the, it's what the plant is going to do next. It's typically in response to warm temperatures oh, uh, and, and changes in day length, but it, what we notice the most is warm temperatures and those plants have finished doing their green growth and now they're going to flower. And so they're just doing what comes naturally to them. But it's a point where the chemistry inside of the plant changes, the hormones inside the plant change and uh, the cabbage or the lettuce or the spinach or, or the chard typically then uh, taste bitter. A lot of different chemicals accumulate in the leaves, and they are not as um, nice to eat, not as tender and sweet. And then often these are uh, annuals, and often they will uh, seed and flower and die. If you stare at a bolted plant long enough, you may notice a lot of insect activity around the flowers. And that's a good thing. And it's one reason to have a big garden to where you can leave the bolted plants in the garden, letting them flower, attracting all sorts of beneficial insects that can help you control the bad bugs. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Those are great flowers for attracting the beneficial insect. It's a great insect control strategy for the vegetable garden. In some seed packets, you might see what are called special germination instructions. It might say to 
soak the seed in water for 12 to 24 hours and that darkness can aid germination so you want to sow at the recommended depth and instead of being in simple english like that it may say something along the lines of the seed needs stratification or scarification what do those terms mean scarification is the easy one to remember i think because it has the word scar in it and scarification is breaking the seed coat so that the seed can absorb water uh to grow so you scar the seed coat it uh, is is not it, it maybe sounds more uh, violent than the process really is. Sometimes with let's say peas or sweet peas, they'll suggest you soak the seed in warm water for 24 hours before planting. That's a method of scarification, believe it or not. Uh, it, it can take the that the water can take chemicals out of the seed that prevent it from germinating. Plants don't want their seeds to germinate as soon as they fall off of the plant. Uh, often that's the wrong season for that plant, uh, and if they fell off the all fell off the plant and grew, they would be growing right next to each other. And so it's become an, an adaptation for plants to figure out a way to get something to eat them, or to attach to an animal's fur, or blow in the wind in some way, move away from the parent plant. So seeds of plants typically will not germinate as soon as they come off the plant. That's a bad strategy for the plant's ultimate survival over decades. So they put something in the seed uh, that prevents it from germinating. Sometimes it's the fruit around the outside. Sometimes it's chemicals in the seed coat, which can come out with a soaking, a water soaking, which is a type of scarification. Sometimes it's a very hard seed, and that needs to be uh, worked on over time, maybe by stomach acid, if an animal were to eat it, maybe by freezing and thawing, uh, which can can work on breaking open the seed coat. Or we, we humans can take things like sandpaper uh, or nail clippers and just rub into the seed coat. Typically, the seed coat in those plants that need to be scarified by rubbing, by breaking, physically breaking the seed coat, are dark in color. And so you just want to to, uh, sand them or clip them until you see a lighter color underneath. You don't want to go too far in because that will kill the baby plant that's inside or has the potential to kill the baby plant that's inside. So scarification is breaking of the seed coat in... um, Commercial production, uh, they might use um, acid to break seed coats. And, and there are many recipes that you will find if you delve into scarification of seeds, many different recipes listed to break that seed coat of different species of plants. Stratification is a little harder to remember in my book anyway. It's uh, giving the plant a moist, cold treatment so that it will be ready to germinate. So another strategy that plants use so that the seed does not germinate at the wrong time of year is to produce their seed with a not quite mature baby plant inside or a mature baby plant that is in dormancy. Dormancy is a state where the plant, the seed will not grow or the plant part will not grow even if it's given Good growing conditions, moisture, temperature, air, all those things that seeds need or plant parts need to grow. And so what you need to do is mimic the winter. Winter 
satisfies dormancy. Cold satisfies dormancy. So you want to preserve the seed so it doesn't die, and you want to give it a cold treatment. And so typically the way that's done is to take the seed, put it in a jar or a plastic bag with some sterile media. I like to use peat moss because it's got a very low uh, pH. It's very acidic, which prevents fungus from growing. But I've seen people use other things like sand or perlite. The advantage of those is that you can often see the seed. (laughs) Brown seeds kind of disappear in peat moss, but they're visible in perlite and sand. And a little bit of moisture, just like a wrung out sponge. You don't want to see puddles of water in the jar or bag. You just want uh, the whole thing to be moist. And you put it in a cold place. A refrigerator works as a cold place. And leave it there for, if 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 the seed packet doesn't say, I would say leave it there for six weeks. Or leave it there until you see roots begin to grow, which is the first thing that comes out of a seed. Uh, This is done with acorns. It's a nice one to do it with because they're nice and big, and you can check them periodically and see if the uh, root tip has come out of that seed. And if it has, then you have to very gently plant them. I say gently because that that root tip will be very brittle. Uh, if it if the six weeks has gone by and the roots have not shown and the media is still moist, then I would plant some of them, half of them maybe. They probably will germinate anyway. I would give the other half oh, a couple of more weeks of that chilling, moist chilling t- treatment. It's important they stay moist. And so you can check your bag or jar periodically to make sure the media is moist, not wet, just moist. Then plant those others. I've done it many times with many different kinds of seeds. Uh, the cold treatment really helps that plant complete its dormancy and grow. But I would imagine one should not store seeds in the refrigerator. One can store seeds in the refrigerator if they're in dry and in their seed packets. But you wouldn't want to store seeds in the refrigerator in a moist condition. Once a seed gets wet, then it can start to grow. And if it dries out after it starts to grow, it is dead. If you did want to store your seeds in the refrigerator, then they should be in their original packet. And then I would think maybe include a a silica packet somewhere in the bag where you've got your seed packages and then keep it in like the vegetable crisper. The location, I think, is pretty irrelevant. However, the, the back of the refrigerator stays more evenly cool. Cool is fine. It's the dryness that the refrigerator provides. Refrigerators these days... Uh, I remember defrosting refrigerators and defrosting freezers, but we don't have to do that anymore because they dry themselves out. They don't build up moisture and, and ice inside of the refrigerator like they used to. So it's a very dry environment. So the cool, dry environment is, is what allows the seed to last a long time. So I put my seeds in a uh, plastic bag that I seal uh, plastic bags are not impermeable to air, so they won't, you know, kill the seed from suffocation, if, if that's a, a thing. And I've seen jars suggested, like canning jars, and you put the lid on, and they're in their original seed packet, and they're in the refrigerator. But any part of the refrigerator is fine. The, the crisper drawer is where I put seeds that I am stratifying. 
Of course, we have just scratched the surface of uh, planting glossary terms. We'll probably uh, revisit this again with more glossary terms, but I think we've learned a lot uh, in our uh, little uh, diatribes here, uh, trying to explain seed packets, and I hope it uh, helps out people. Me too. Have fun. Seeds are so much fun. Yeah, and once you get bit by the bug, you'll never go back. (laughs) That's true. All right. It's Debbie Flower. Thanks for a few minutes of your time, Debbie. Oh, it's a pleasure, Fred. Thank you. The Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast has a lot of information posted at each episode. Transcripts, links to any products or books mentioned during the show, and other helpful links for even more information. Plus, you can listen to just the portions of the show that interest you. It's been divided into easily accessible chapters. And you'll find more information about how to get in touch with us. We have links to all our social media outlets, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Also, a link to the FarmerFred.com website. That's where you can find out more information about the radio shows. You remember radio, right? Now, if the place where you access the podcast doesn't have that information, you can find it all at our home podcaster, Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout Buzzsprout.com. Just look for the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast. You'll find a link to it in the show notes. Garden Basics comes out every Tuesday and Friday, and it's available just about anywhere podcasts are handed out. And that includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and uh, hey Alexa, play the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast, would you please? Thank you for listening, subscribing, and leaving comments. We appreciate it.